0: Yes, this is the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 306. Normally, I would jump into the week in review, but oh God, why bother? It's the same thing over and over. Yes, Biden's a criminal. (laughs) Very corrupt man. Uh, More evidence to a story that, i do you need more evidence for it? Uh, You know, it was pretty obvious what was going on with him and his son in Burisma uh and uh, extorting ukraine so uh, yeah there's phone messages about it and even involving Kerry. yeah but you knew that too if you paid attention but i mean the man bragged about it so what more do you need well it doesn't really matter uh considering uh you have voters uh from the democrats saying they would literally vote for him even if he was a rapist and if he boiled babies and ate them because He's the not-Trump candidate, and that's all that matters. But hey, if he fails, you might have a savior. Perhaps you can, I don't know, draft Cuomo. Uh-oh, Cuomo got some elderly people killed due to his COVID uh, policies. Yeah, yeah, the last place you should send infected COVID patients is to nursing homes, but he forced them to do it, and uh, just will not speak to it other than to say, hey, they would have died anyway, probably, and... uh Hard-hitting uh, interviews with him on CNN had the uh, the more important story of jokes about nasal swabs uh, with his brother. Yeah, that's uh, th- there's no uh, lack of journalistic integrity there. And uh, so th- there you go. That's pretty much your weekend review. Oh yes, and Governor Whitmer uh, has an, an orderly in a nursing home who uh, has a hobby of beating elderly patients and, and filming it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, stones and glass houses and all that, but hey, why the the rules you know I mean, uh is it her fault? well, not necessarily, but under her rules, uh especially as they applied to Trump and, and the Republicans and people who just want to go back to work <laughs> uh yes it's it's her fault, so yeah, good for the goose, huh, oh my God, isn't that really depressing and terrible? Well, how about some good news? <laughs> well you got to escape you know escape to the world of entertainment and whatnot and a lot of times you can't even do that they won't allow you but for once for once despite what happened to uh beloved franchises of uh star trek and star wars over the past few years uh and doctor who too all that being just ruined and dragged into the the sewer uh the Justice League. Uh, this was a film to follow up a uh, Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. And it wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, it was a, looked like a slap job of a, of a production with really bad uh, special effects. And the worst of all, uh, they had to uh, digitally removed remove Henry Cavill's mustache because he had grown a mustache for Mission Impossible and uh, had to come back for these reshoots that was going to make the film, the next Avengers. And, oh, you know, uh, when I went in to see it, I, I, and I've talked about this before I sat there and waited for it to get bad. Uh, it, it I heard a lot that it was, you know, really a uh, stomach churning. It was so bad. Uh, but of course, by the time I had seen justice league, I had seen last Jedi and I knew what a horrible stomach churning film is. (laughs) So yeah, justice league is a bad film. Uh, but it wasn't as bad as some others and it didn't bother me as much except, or until I uh, learned the whole, more of the whole story of what was meant to be. Now, Zack Snyder, was supposed to be the director of the film. He's listed as the director of the film, but he really isn't. The reshoots were done by Joss Whedon. Uh, some people at Warner Brothers thought that he'd just hire him and he'll do his Marvel magic, and they'll be on par with the Marvel films and all that uh, glorious success that uh, Marvel achieved with their uh, film studio on their characters. And uh, seemed like a, a, a something that you could do similar with DC, but there'd just been some stumbles. Now, Man of Steel... I, I like a lot of aspects of it. I do see it as somewhat flawed, even though I do like the film, uh, not for the death of General Zod, but more or rather the death of Jonathan Kent. I thought I just didn't find the scene believable that Superman would just stand there while that happened. Uh, Batman vs. Superman is a film that was charged with an impossible task. It was supposed to do with one film what Marvel had done with several over uh, quite a few years up to that point. Uh, It just wasn't going to come together like that. Uh, There are some great scenes in it. Uh, Boy, I tell you, the action scenes of Batman... Um, are just magnificent. Uh, and Ben Affleck, I, you know, I didn't know what to make of his being cast as, I didn't really have much hatred for him over Daredevil like a lot of people did. Uh, but boy, he really won me over. And as far as I'm concerned, he's the best actor to play the character at this point. He just didn't get the, a great movie to show it off in. And maybe he would have had he hadn't had his troubles and, you know, the alcoholism and his marriage falling apart and all that. And plus being stuck in this god-awful version of Justice League. (laughs) And now he wanted out, and he got out, and that's that. But, uh, so... Batman versus Superman, even though the Batman scenes are great, the, the Batmobile scene's cool and everything, yet it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, even in the extended version, which is superior to the theatrical one. And I'm guessing Zack Snyder figured that's what would happen with his Justice League. He would have a, probably a two hour or so theatrical release, and then the Blu ray would have his complete vision, as he had done with Batman versus Superman and, and Watchmen as well. Watchmen works a lot better when you see it in its, in its in totality on the, on the uh, DVD and Blu-ray. But the problem is it's very, very long. And that's <laughs> so uh, asking people to sit there without having bathroom breaks or intermissions <laughs> uh, is asking a bit much. So uh now the official announcement has come this past week that yes, HBO Max will be releasing the Snyder cut. Now HBO Max will uh go online next week, but the Snyder cut will not be on it at that time. My guess, and it's only a guess, you can only go by some clues here and there and some of the admissions of the of the announcement between Zack and 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 uh, Warner's uh, was that maybe they would have had the movie ready by now had COVID not happened because Zack Snyder wants to shoot more footage for it. Now, one of the scenes that he talked about with that, that he never shot That he's admitted he never shot was the scene that revealed uh, General Swanwick is Martian Manhunter. And uh, so he wanted to do that. So I'm guessing he will get to do it when it's allowed for him to uh, shoot the scene. As for the visual effects that was unfinished, I'm guessing a lot of that's probably been done because, you know, they could do it from home and stuff. And he was kind of proud of this. Uh, saying that this gave them work because most of their jobs had come to a halt because of the uh, COVID and all that. And so now they had work to do on finishing these visual effects. If you go on YouTube, you can find some of these scenes, especially uh, Barry Allen, the Flash, saving his girlfriend in the street. Uh, There's some aspects of it's complete and other aspects it's not. Uh, And also, I'm thinking he's going to restore Steppenwolf back to his original monstrous, monstrous look. That he had originally planned, um, and that would take some doing as well, even though there is some very unfinished uh, digital work on that with the Battle of the Atlanteans and all that sort of stuff. Uh, You can probably find that on YouTube somewhere, too, Uh, and he's still in his monster look. uh, For that one. And of course, Darkseid would be restored. Darkseid was supposed to be in the history lesson, it's called in the uh, Justice League film, where the Atlanteans, the Amazons, the Olympians, and the tribes of man (laughs) banded together to fight off uh, the people from Apocalypse, which included not just Steppenwolf, but Darkseid as well. Now, in the original New God story, Darkseid was, didn't have that much high rank in compared to Steppenwolf. And he actually manipulated Steppenwolf into a war with New Genesis in that story that led to Steppenwolf's downfall and Darkseid's rise to power. I don't know if those elements will be utilized here, but apparently this is so long ago that Darkseid is not quite, he's still using his original name of Uxus. <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, he become, he's later clearly the monarch of Apocalypse. Uh, revealed at the end of that movie, you will see him through the boom tube. Uh So some of the plot elements from the theatrical release are still there, but it, they're more expanded upon. The characters get more of an introduction and are fleshed out, which was necessary because Warner Brothers, for whatever reason, decided to do this all at once with Batman versus Superman in this movie. The characters weren't introduced in their own films yet. We've since seen... Uh, well, Wonder Woman did get her film before this, uh, after Batman vs. Superman, and then Aquaman, which was very successful. Uh, the, the Flash uh, movie's been in development hell for years, and apparently they're on course to making that, and we'll see how that plays out in, co- in, uh, in relationship to this now that the Zack Snyder version seems to be coming back and that his influence over it all seems to be where they're going to reset and go back to that rather than this idea of abandoning it for the standalones and whatnot. Now, standalone films, you can still do. It's just you just acknowledge they're connected. You don't really have to panic over it and mystify it to the point uh, that it makes it harder to do when it really isn't. When you look at those early days of Marvel, it was very simple. The, those movies were actually standalone films. They just had little connections here and there, and eventually it grew into something. So anyway, but this is where they are. And so how will it be released? Uh, the options are a four hour movie. There's <laughs> no way you could have released that theater or split it up as a, as a TV series. And, and they're saying they, they, they can make it into six episodes of that for the streaming service. And all that. So uh, what's in it for Warner's on to doing this is that there's a lot of this ready-made stuff. So the, the price range of doing it went from 10 million, 20 million, 20 million, 30 million dollars to do it somewhere in that range. And of course you could allocate like 20 million, but it might go to 30 million because unforeseen circumstances in production can go over budget, but somewhere in that uh, ballpark, which is nothing compared to the money they wasted on reshooting the, uh, the the Zack Snyder Justice League. He did do a cut that was about two hours, 20 minutes long. I don't know that we'll ever see that one, but one of the things that I thought had clues about this story was that uh, there was more than one Snyder cut. Uh, There's also, there's of course the initial script, which he had admitted they rejected, say that, well, it's, it's, it's too scary. It's too dark and all that sort of thing. And so they rewrote it and all that. So he did. And uh, whatever that was, was what you ended up with for this two hour version, I guess. But the, the actual footage he shot is what lead. He said it was actually five hours long. And for a complete and edited story overall of what he wanted to tell, I'm guessing now is four hours. Um, and then of course they said, well, that's crazy. We, you know, so he cuts it down to the two hours when and couldn't finish it because of his daughter's suicide, which is the reason he left the project. Now, Joss Whedon comes in. The lie was that he was just. Completing what Zack was going to do with it, and that's not true. Uh, First of all, his movie is not two hours, 20 minutes. So it's actually a little under two hours. So uh, they wanted it small and tight and all that, Um, and so on and so forth. So uh, that's not going well. But they're more than making up for it in this effort uh, to give people uh, and the, the fandom of DC Comics and DC Universe and to see this. And we'll judge then. Maybe it's crap, but it can't possibly be as bad as the other one. Most notably in the, the, the plot motive for Steppenwolf. Uh, it's a little vague and strange about I, you know, they smell your fear and all this sort of stuff. And that Superman's death is why they're so scared. I, I'm hoping there's a better explanation than that. I would have thought the Mother Box was more of a motive and what have you. Um, but you know, we'll see, but certainly, uh, it, it, that his motivation is to get back in the good graces of dark side and apocalypse. Apparently he's been living in exile since this, this, uh, battle for the last time around. So what have you, we'll see. So, uh, out of this, there are many lessons (laughs) and most notably don't do 11th hour changes to a film. It doesn't work. Um it, it it maybe they could have done something with it had they canceled the release date and pushed it further. I, I believe Joss Whedon had actually asked for that and he was turned down. Uh I Joss Whedon, I don't like the guy. I my politics and his will never come together. Um, and he's a bit of an a-hole, but here, I just don't think he deserves any grief for this. Uh, it really wasn't his film. This was a Warner brothers ordered executive, uh, uh film and, uh, 11th hour changes. It's too late. The decisions to make about what mood and tone you wanted for the film was to make when, uh, they discussed what the story would be. It's a little too late when everything's been shot. And you're closing in on November, and now you say, hey, turn it around and make it a funny Avengers movie. It's just not going to work like that. Uh, So that's one lesson. The other lesson is uh, listen to your fans. (laughs) And don't treat them with disdain and uh, try to feed them a crap sandwich and expect them to like it. It, That doesn't work. It doesn't happen. And as far as you're going to expand to a new audience out there that never shows up, it's been years of this this belief, and they never show up. So, uh, no, you've got to answer to the base of your fans on this uh, effort for uh, different franchises, and in this case, uh, the DC superheroes. So. That's a lesson. Uh, Some people think there's a lesson here that uh, you can push for cuts and uh, get a groundswell going and what. And and sadly, (laughs) Paul Fine, the director for the 2016 Ghostbusters, thinks now he can get a movement to have a sequel to his film Uh, no, no, that is not the lesson of Snyder Cut. <laughs> Snyder Cut was a grassroots thing. Snyder himself did not believe this would come to fruition. He figured maybe the the footage would be used in kind of a, a documentary on this era and stuff like that, and he might be asked to put something together for that. I'm hoping they'll put... There, there was a talk of a teaser for HBO Max before, because the, mo- the, the movie or series, whatever form it'll take... They're thinking will probably won't be released till 2021, um, and so in the meantime, maybe they could put together a little little video vignette, a little documentary on the whole thing, and show some more footage they hadn't seen before, and that sort of thing. That would be nice, and certainly encourage subscriptions, which is the whole point for HBO Max, and probably wanting a series like that, well, it drags it out, so people sign up for a month to watch that series, and then they drop out. <laughs> That's the way it goes, but still, you, you you make some bank off of it. As for other films that are locked away, uh, Josh Trank claimed that he had another version of his Fantastic Four. That's almost certainly not true. Uh, just based, because in the case of Zack Snyder, a lot of people who worked on it came forward and said, "Yes, yes, he did." Because there was people just saying it doesn't exist, which was impossible to be the case. If you were making the point that it was unfinished, okay, okay. If you want to make the point that you think it's bad because you didn't like his other films, okay. But this crap about it didn't exist and that the Justice League you saw was his film—that was the point of that. Oh, for God's sakes, no. That just was not the case. So I and t- to the last minute, days before this announcement came, there's some channels I even like on YouTube discussing saying, yeah, yeah, I still don't think it exists. <laughs> I I don't know what that's about, and I don't know why. But the Josh Strank situation uh, was someone else had to come in and finish his film for him because he had a meltdown and all that stuff. He was guy has got some serious problems and pushed into a position he didn't really belong in. Uh, That's that's another story. The other film from the DCEU is what's called the air cut, and that's the original cut from Suicide Squad. Now, with that one, some of the concepts that he initially had, I really like better, where it actually involved Steppenwolf in that one, and I thought that would bring things more cohesive with the overall narrative, and that you could still have Steppenwolf be in both films or it suggests would be would be another one of the new gods like granny goodness or someone like that. <laughs> and that would have been more to the plot, but I would have thought the plot should have revolved around the mother boxes. There was supposed to there was a scene in Wonder Woman talking about the mother boxes. It got cut out. I think that was a mistake. And I think it could have had more of the plot in Suicide Squad for that and that uh, the Joker could have been the main villain that he stole it and they're pursuing him and that would I think bring it together better in what they had which was kind of a cool introduction of the characters and then no story after that it's just them walking around feeling bad and then it ends it's, it's really terrible so i don't know what elements of that he had in it beyond that uh, apparently there, there's more joker scenes he shot and all that sort of thing and that it fleshes out those characters but if the overall story is not on par with something like What he originally intended, which he's admitted he didn't get to shoot any of that stuff with Steppenwolf and all that, uh, I believe. And so I don't know what the air cut would involve unless (laughs) you want to get the money to reshoot it to have (laughs) Steppenwolf in that one too. And then you could have a more cohesive uh, DC Universe there involving the Justice League ultimately has to go to war with Apocalypse, which was supposed to be the sequel to Justice League. So if this is all successful, then yes, there could be a more continuation of that overall story and uh, them battling it out with Darkseid. So there you go. Uh, The sweet release of the Snyder Cut is upon us. (laughs) And I've been in favor of it and I've wanted to see this and now uh, it's real. It's going to happen, so. That's something. All right, a few Nelson News bits of really horrible people and stories of that nature and uh, a review of Space Space 1999. Yes, another episode of that show. Uh, Come on back. This is a Nelson News Bulletin. Couple caught violating social distancing rules on Brooklyn's subway platform. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. Though wearing a mask, a man was not socially distanced from his partner as the couple had SEX on a New York City subway
1: platform. An underground encounter that was gleefully recorded and
0: narrated by a construction worker from the other side of the tracks. Video of the incident, which began circulating online, was shot recently in the Flushing Avenue station in Brooklyn. The graphic clip shows a masked man positioned behind his partner who is bending over next to a steel beam. At one point, the man filming the action declares, Yeah, I don't care. I don't mind that shit. That shit is like Pornhub to me. After turning the phone to reveal his face, the cinematographer who was wearing a mask and a reflective safety vest shouted to the male half of the duo, Have a good one, bro. It is unclear what time of day the sex act occurred. Since the coronavirus outbreak, subway ridership has been at a precipitous drop. Beginning earlier this month, the entire system has been shut down from 1am to 5am to allow workers to disinfect trains and stations. The lockdown, which will continue for the foreseeable future, marks the first planned closure of the city system since its 1904 opening. Well, let's hope they can disinfect those steel beams. This has been a Nelson News
1: Bulletin. Now, hey, that's some snazzy-looking shirt you're wearing. Where'd you get that? Ah, oh, I got it at the Miss Nelson's door. Mr. Nelson's door? Where that is? Yeah, you go to zazzle.com slash v... Underscore MR underscore N A I L S I N underscore store. And it's just that simple. <laughs> oh man, that sounds pretty cool. What else can you get there? Oh, hats and mugs. It's got all kinds of Nelson art on it from the Nelson show and old Bob Levy show. And, uh, and even he got shirts like. Uh, this stupid alien telling nobody about the pyramids <laughs> oh what's this one? Oh yeah that's episode 8 that refers to that nasty star wars movie everybody hates oh man i hate it too and i want everyone to know it all you gotta do is get that shirt and you can let them know oh man oh look at all this who's that it's night night oh yeah Oh, your Night Night and uh, Rob Saul, whoever that is, right? All that kind of stuff and more from Mr. Nelson. You can find it at the Mr. Nelson store at Zazzle.com. <laughs> oh, man, I don't want to be the only one who doesn't have it. No, you don't. Better get over there right now. Yeah. That's right, friends. Head over to Zazzle.com
0: slash the underscore MR underscore N-A-I-L-S-I-N underscore store. Yes, it's just that simple. This is a Nelson News Bulletin. Pro-refugee activist murdered by migrant he was sleeping with. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. A pro-refugee activist in France
1: was found dead at his home
0: after being murdered by a 20-year-old Afghan migrant he Had been sleeping with. 63 year old Jean Ducine was the head of an activist group that helps vulnerable migrants. The activist also personally allowed some of the migrants to stay at his home. Ducine, of course, was found dead at his home having been viciously beaten to death with an iron rod as he slept. Now, Ducine was sleeping with the alleged assailant, the 20 year old afghan now at the moment no motive has been determined by authorities while the alleged assailant is in their custody and uh, cannot speak french sadly a similar story took place last year where a promising medical student and pro-migrant activist from normandy was stabbed to death by a migrant she was reportedly housing Back in 2016, it was REVEALED that open borders activists were sleeping with refugees, some of them children, at the Calais migrant camp. Hmm. Uh, in another story, uh, after he was anally raped by a Somalian uh, migrant in 2016, Norwegian refugee activist Karsten Nordel halken said, he felt guilt and responsibility that the migrant was deported for his crime. Uh-huh. Well, uh Well, no word on whether or not uh, Mr. Uh, Ducine uh, had similar feelings, as he's unable to comment due to the fact that he is dead. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com Okay, before I take leave of you again until next weekend, uh, Space 1999. uh, The last episode, as you recall, I said, was uh, not that bad. Uh, There were certain elements of it that's typical of Space 1999. Of course, the premise and the moon and all that. But here uh, we get one that almost lured me in (laughs) Uh, first of all uh, some of the problems with the production quality the production quality for its time for them for a lot of it is very very good Um, but then it becomes obvious they didn't have that budget or what have you and it doesn't gel when you have this footage that you can use over and over and repurpose it that's shot very well it's quite jarring to see it spliced together with stuff that's just not that good. Uh, So in this episode, there's quite a bit of their uh, shuttlecraft, the Eagles, they call them. And uh, there's a landing scene that, yeah, you you look at it, and you can tell that that's models. But for the most part, uh, it works, and it's good. And there's like this mist on the ground. They're landing into a jungle. But the mist becomes a significant part of the overall plot of the show. So... Uh, it's fine. And there's some scenes of them flying over the jungle and this sort of thing. It looks pretty good. All of that's well and good. Uh, there's a little bit of a mystery. Uh, a crew went to investigate this planet, and the shots of the planet are very good. It's an Earth-like planet, but it looks very good uh, with the orbital scenes and everything they do. So that's all uh, good stuff. And uh, so they, uh, the first crew went, and they couldn't find him. They're trying to make contact with him, and they don't uh, get an answer they they go to investigate they find the shuttle they board it and there's no one there except for uh, one man and it's a caveman <laughs> and it's a rather embarrassing shot uh the guy's nether regions. <laughs> but he's laying on the floor and they're like well what's this about they take him back to uh the alpha base and uh the secondary crew with Koenig and uh, Dr. Russell and they go they go looking for people and uh, they go into the jungle, and then uh, then they turn up missing, and then uh, third crush. <laughs> you think they would understand what the problem is? <laughs> uh, and this time, the the the, the character Sandra. Uh, who normally doesn't go on these field missions and they have her on there. I forget why exactly. I can't remember because she's not crazy about it. She's a rather, I I think she's more of a clerical officer and doesn't do any of this adventure stuff. So she's a bit nervous and whatnot. And she mostly stays on the ship, but it turns out they're being uh, spied upon by these cave people. And uh, what's his name? Carter or what have you. He goes out to investigate and falls into a trap. He's in a pit. Uh, they fight with him and they knock him out and they discover his communicator device. What, I don't know what their word for it is, <laughs> but there's a little screen on it and you can see who you're talking to. And so Sandra tries to make contact with him and the caveman sees her. And of course he's in love. So uh, eventually he finds her in the ship and then like cavemen do, well, he just knocks her out and takes her away. <laughs> Over his shoulder and brings her back to the cave. There's a fight. The apparent uh, chieftain decides to claim this woman for himself. They, they, and he uh, humbles the other guy and uh, puts her away uh, in a little part of the cave there. And then she gets a good look at him, the chieftain, and one of the other women, and she starts to see the faces of uh, Commander Koenig and uh, Dr. Russell. And she's like, What the hell is this? You know, and she starts, Oh my god, have they become cavemen? And will I become too, or something like that? And so it's this mysterious thing of, uh, you know, what's this about? Did they you get lost in the woods and they go native, but they're like, they have long hair and their beards and everything. And uh, Dr. Russell, her hair is no longer blonde, so I guess her roots grew out or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I think Barbara Bain was a as a natural blonde. I can't remember, but anyway, um, so it's all rather mysterious and like, well, what's this about? And then uh, another rescue crew, comes. <laughs> and rather than go look, uh, they decide to camp out and rest a while. <laughs> I don't- after that, they figure, oh, I guess we ought to go look for our crewmate. <laughs> they find the cave, they see some of these people, and then uh, uh, prof- the professor, uh, oh, what's his name? <sighs> anyway, the professor, you know, uh, he sees Koenig, and he says, oh my god, it's, it's, it's John, and he got in a fight with one of the other guys, and he uh, or no, Sandra, uh, in order to escape, so they demand that she wear this leopard skin thing, <laughs> and she does. I mean, the guy, uh, Koenig, the caveman Koenig, rips her clothes off and all this stuff. And uh, in an attempt to escape, she bashes him in the head and leaves. Um, and so they they see him, and then there's a scuffle and a fight and all this stuff. And then they later find Koenig out in, in the jungle, and he's back to normal. He's in his uniform. Uh, he's badly injured. Um, but he doesn't have the the hair and the beard and all that. And they're like, oh, it's 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 John. So they take him back to the ship, and and this is where it falls apart. Um, ultimately, what happened is if you go into this mist, <laughs> you devolve into cave people. And you come out the other end of it, and you're in animal skins. You have long hair and a beard, and you're you can't talk, and you know you're rather beastal. And you go into that cave, and they, they so the whole all the cave people were all their crew members that they had lost, and that that was it. It was all them, and they um and that's what you do. So eventually they figure a way to trick the the cavemen back into the mist and make them come out the other end, just by guessing at it. <laughs> And, of course, they come out the other end, and they're all in their uniforms and everything's fine. So, essentially, and then later, the professor says, wow, it's too bad, because they they had no memory of their experience as cavemen, and you know, the only thing they remember was the last thing that happened to them before they went into the mist and all that. So, the Morse is like, or, I think the guy's name is Morse, but that's the actor. But the professor, anyway, says, oh, it's too bad. Here, you went through a time warp, and we have no one to really detail what happened. So it's just a time warp but that doesn't explain the clothing and the skins and all of that it it could explain the time of where their appearance would be different as the years stretched and it did something to them to devolve them into a caveman mentality and what have you but essentially it's it's just magic <laughs> So it's like, damn it, you know, it's, they almost had something, and then it stumbles into that, and well, let's hurry up, wrap it up and go back to the to the moon base and leave. So, uh, I th- other than that, the planet seemed to be pretty Earth-like. So I guess uh, they just kept boogieing along and uh, passed it by and decided not to settle on that one because, well, you know, you got these time warps on that planet for some reason, <laughs> and so you don't want to stumble into that again. So, so I guess that's that's the reason they didn't stay. Um, and, and they did make mention that the moon was not within the gravitational pull of this planet, and they knew it would pass beyond its ability to hold it, but that's still doesn't work overall because obviously the planet has a star and that gravitational force is more powerful. And so the moon, even if it didn't fall into the gravity well of that planet, it would certainly stay within that uh, star system. Um, you know, I believe so anyway, but that's, that's the big flaw for overall of space, 1999, but here, uh, it's too bad because they did have some good production quality. Um, but the, the yeah the the explanation needed a little more detail to that to how they get there. Other than that, they just wanted to see what's her face in her leopard print uh, little little bathing suit there. <laughs>
1: Maybe that's all it was, but she needed the, the time displacement to make it work.
0: And it, and it just just saying it doesn't make it work because then how would they go back to their you know? So it's it's a magical mist. It's just magic. So there's magic in space. Nineteen ninety nine oh well, what are you going to do alright, that brings us to a close of this episode of the Mr. Nelson Show uh, wish I could say go watch the Snyder Cut, but it's not ready yet, so we gotta wait, just stay alive <laughs> till next year <laughs> so you can sign up and watch Snyder Cut uh, on HBO Max, so there is that to look forward to thank you for listening, and we'll do it again next time The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. This is a Nelson News Bulletin. Booze thieves wore watermelons on their heads as disguises. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. Two young men wearing hollowed-up watermelon rinds on their heads stole alcohol from a Virginia convenience store. The duo swiped booze from a sheets convenience store in Louisa, a town 30 miles east of Charlottesville. As recorded in surveillance footage, the melon-headed perks had cut eye holes in the watermelon rinds. The pair had even posed for a photograph at a Food Lion store in Louisa prior to their alleged alcohol heist. Police have charged Justin Rogers, 20, with larceny, underage possession of alcohol and wearing a mask while committing larceny. Meanwhile, his partner in crime remains at large, and police are asking anyone with information to contact them, noting that the case reference is... Melonheads. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin.